Hey, it's Kanzano. I appreciate you making this podcast part of your day. Make sure you subscribe if you want more and leave us some feedback. Away we go. Initialize sequence. Welcome to The Baldcast, a production of John Kanzano's Baldface Truth. Perfect. Oregon State has a timeout if they want it. No, Wayne's saying go for it. Too, too slow. They wasted five seconds. Jordan Pope for the win. Oh! Oh! Last night in Corvallis as Jordan Pope and Oregon State upset Arizona. Here to talk about it, the man of the hour himself, Jordan Pope. How did that feel, man? Yeah, definitely. I've definitely, you know, dreamed and imagined that, you know, since I even started playing basketball. So for that to actually happen, you know, it definitely felt great. And um, I was glad I was able to uh, make the shot. Let's go through, like, take me through what you were thinking. Because for people who didn't see it, it's 80 to 80. You got Arizona on the ropes. You guys, uh, you know, you outplayed them to that point. You've got the ball ends. You start bringing it up court about eight and a half, nine seconds to go. What are you mm-hmm. thinking as the as you're as you're dribbling up the quarter? What are you looking for? Um, you know, I was hoping coach didn't call a timeout because I didn't want the defense wasn't really set. It was kind of just you know bringing the ball up the court. Everyone trying to get everything figured out. So I seen he didn't call a timeout. And then he started calling out a set that we work on a lot in practice, which where we get you know action on the weak side and gives the ball handler, which was me in that time, basically this whole side of the court to operate. And I knew the clock was going down, so I was like, yeah, the way that I've been playing and the way this game is going, I'm gonna get the shot, I'm gonna get to my spot, you know, and rise up and shoot it. So just dribble down. I said, all right, I'm gonna, gonna wait for the the false action to go on, and then I'm gonna make my move and get to my spot, and uh, the rest is history. Yeah, it, it looked to me. I've watched the replay a million times. I don't know if you've seen it, but it looked like. The defender expected you to drive, and and I think they were a little surprised when you kind of uh, you you know you made that one hard dribble and then you pulled up. And I think the look on the defender's face was a little bit of surprise. Did what what did you see there, or are you even processing? You're just playing, probably. Um, yeah, I was just playing, but uh, to be honest, I knew I was going to shoot a jump shot regardless uh, of how he guarded me. But I knew the defender they had on me. He was he was pretty pressuring me like high like by half court, so I knew. If I gave him a hard dribble to the basket, you know, and if I had an ankle, I would get all the way to the cup. But if he started catching up with me, then I would, you know, step back into a shot that I'm really comfortable taking. So, yeah, I just drove really, drove, drove it really hard. And, um, you know, I just took what the defense gave me, you know, shot a shot that I work on a lot. When did you know it was in? I, <laughs> I really didn't even see the shot go in. But uh, <laughs> after I shot it and then the defender came in my face and then next thing you know, it felt good. And then the crowd went crazy. So I was like, oh, I made it. And then, yeah. <laughs> I love that. Uh, so, give me an idea. Did it did it deliver all those times you did it in a gym, or you did it in a in a driveway, or a neighborhood hoop, or at the end of the cul-de-sac? Um, feel better in real life, or different, or how did that feel? Uh, I would say it felt better. You know, we all you know imagine that happening as like you know we're kids, and you know we have basketball dreams. You know, it definitely felt better because uh, you never really know, know what to make of a situation like that, an experience like that on your home court against a ranked team and, you know, the crowd's going crazy and the ball's in your hands. 
you know, you have an opportunity to do something really, really special. So uh, it definitely felt better than, um, you know, when I was a little kid in the driveway or in the gym by myself. But, you know, you know, I, I couldn't ask for anything better than that. You guys, uh, I, I like I said off the top of the interview, I, yeah, I thought you outplayed Arizona. It wasn't mm-hmm. a case of them being off. You just outplayed them, outworked them. Um, right. In the lead-up to the game, could you see that coming? Did you see it on film? How were you feeling as, you know, game time approaches? Oh, we were pretty confident coming into it. You know, we felt pretty embarrassed by our last road trip, you know, against the Mountain teams. We played pretty bad, you know, credit to those teams. You know, we we felt really bad about ourselves because we didn't play up to expectations of ourselves. So coming into this week, um, you know, it all started with practice. Our first few practices practices this week, you know, were amazing. It's probably one of our best sets of practices. So, you know, coming to this game, we're really comfortable, and we know the potential we have on this team. You know, we've shown spurts of it throughout the year. You know, we just haven't been able to put a full game together. So being able to come in and really focus on the game plan and, you know, execute it, it really, really shows what the team can do. And as everyone seen last night, we, you know, we could be anybody when, when we do play like that. Jordan Pope, our guest, Oregon State basketball, big upset win over Arizona last night. You're a fantastic story, and I don't know if people fully grasp the story, but you played on a loaded team in the Bay Area. Prolific prep, Jalen Green, mm-hmm. Namari Burnett. Um, there was a kid from Washington State who's in the NBA now that I'm blanking on his name, but you were no, gay. yes, and you're on this group, but you were really under recruited. The people in the Bay Area said this guy's flying under the radar. He, you know, I don't know if you were overshadowed or people just missed on you, but mm-hmm. you you end up at Oregon State. They bet on you. What did that mean to you that Wayne Tinkle and Oregon State saw something in you? I you know it meant a lot. Like you said, you know, coming out of high school, I was I was under recruited. But I never felt, like, any less, like, of ability compared to all my peers in high school. You know, coming up, sophomore, junior year, when I played on those stacks teams, uh, I felt like, I, was just, I wouldn't say overshadowed, but, you know, they had, like, all the all the hype, five-star, and all, McDonald's All-American, all that good stuff, which I felt like I should have been. But, you know, like, you know, life just doesn't work out that way sometimes. But, you know, it really meant a lot for them to take a chance on me because I put a lot of work in, and, you know, I know what I'm capable of. People that are in my circle and have seen me play since I was a kid know I'm capable of. I just needed the opportunity and the platform. And, you know, for Coach Tinkle and Oregon State program to take a chance on me, I think was a win-win. And um, it really goes to show how much belief and trust that they have in me coming out of high school and, you know, vice versa for them. At the end of last season, I know a lot of people wondered, would Jordan come back? Would he leave? There's going to be NIL money. This is going to be – this could be messy for Oregon State. Did the loyalty factor in your decision to come back or – uh, am I making too much of that? No, you know, I, uh, that's such, you know, I, I'm heavy on loyalty. You know, that's, that's something that's uh, that's that's rare these days. And you know, I've, I've always been that since a kid. That's something my father taught me. You know, loyalty goes a long, long way. There's, you can't really put a price on certain situations and opportunities. So definitely, you know, it came down to loyalty. And um, I, I felt like this this position I'm in and the team we have and Wayne Tinkle at Oregon State, we had the potential to do some great things, and we showed it last year. And, you know. Plus, you know, I have an opportunity ahead of myself where, you know, I have leadership of the team and, you know, I'm I'm able to do what I do best with the freedom of Coach Tinkle, you know. So that's that's all that played into it when I made the decision to come back. You guys, uh, this season, I think there's been some tough moments. There's been mm-hmm. moments like last night that were great. How, how do you get, how do you get um, sort of the, 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 the balance or how do you find more consistency as a team? Oh, you know, preparation each and every day, taking each rep and practice serious, uh, you know, really getting in the gym and working with each other and getting better and, um, you know, trusting the coaches in their game plan, whether that be, you know, defensively, offensively. And, you know, just like I said, preparation and putting the work in. And if you put the work in, we've seen what the uh, results uh, we can get.
Yeah, and I look I look at the rest of your season, and really it just it comes back to refocusing, right? You got the next one. You'll, you'll get Arizona State. Uh, there you go. <laughs> what has that been like for you today, like on campus? Oh, it's been good, you know, seeing the love and the support that I've been getting. You know, it means a lot. Uh, the fans here are amazing. And, um, uh, you know, it goes to show, you know, once we, uh, you know, put, put some good games together and put some good performance together that they really stand behind you. And, um, you know, they'll really they'll live and die with you. So, you know, it feels amazing. Now, okay, so do you have classes today that you have to attend in person or are you online or uh, what are you doing? Uh, this term I'm all online. Okay. So, you know, I didn't, I didn't have, I have a couple teams that had in-person classes this morning. But which, this, uh, but, which is definitely kind of harder. I, I wouldn't wish that on nobody, but yeah. yeah, I'm glad I got online. All right, but let me ask you: like, this might be a good day for Jordan Pope to take a stroll across campus, right? I mean, like, <laughs> there've been yeah, some other days just, you probably didn't feel like it. Yeah, today definitely. I feel like if I had in-person classes, you know, I'll probably get to feel more of the, uh, you know, the love and uh, see some smiles on some people's faces, and you know, the people that are at the game or heard about it. You know, I definitely probably. Probably would have been a nice uh, little thing to enjoy, but you know I'm fine with either or. Yeah, look, you got you got Arizona State coming in, uh, and you know you know life happens fast, and you know you're only as good as the game in front of you. How are you guys feeling about this matchup this weekend with that team? Uh, we feel good, you know. We just gotta you know stick to what we what works for us and what we've been doing, and making sure we we don't you know get too um, high off this last win, and um, don't let it like hang over and coming into the game Saturday night. So just. Trusting our work and you know trusting the coaches and trying to execute the game plan. And, you know, if we do what we need to do, then we we feel pretty confident that we can come out on top. Give me an idea of what it feels like in, in this era because this is all new. This is new for the rest of us. New for players. You know, you've got the the NIL collectives. You've got a season in front of you. Um, you'll have a question about what you're going to do next year. Um, does it get does it get weary talking about that stuff? People asking you about it, or you know, middle of the season, people going, "Jordan, what are you going to do next year?" And you're like, "Just let me enjoy what's going on right now." Yeah, um, it's, you know, something tricky. You know, the landscape of college basketball now with NIL definitely gets messy. Yep. And then, um, you know, it's it's tough. You know, there's, you see a lot of different situations. You know, that could go bad, or you know, end up not working out, or just taking a new path. But for me, you know, I don't really like when people ask me that, or um, you know, try to talk about it. I mean, I don't mind it, but I don't. I don't like when people bring it up during the middle of the season because, you know, I'm really – I'm focused on where my feet are right now and um, what's ahead of us right now, and that's, you know, obviously Oregon State basketball and the games we have coming up. I don't want to think too far into the future or dwell on dwell on the past, but just live in the moment and be in the moment and don't let none of the outside noise really get in the way. That's that's really the type of person I am. So I really try to block the noise out, but, again, I know that's part of, um, you know, college basketball now. So there's times where I think about it in the back of my mind personally, but, like I said, I really just try to, you know, keep it one day at a time. I look at the conference, and you know Arizona's good. They're talented. You guys beat them. Washington State's good. They play well. Uh, Oregon can be good on a given night. Can beat anybody. Uh-huh. Arizona State's not bad. UCLA seems like they've figured something out. They're playing better right. now. This thing's wide open. I, I'm interested uh-huh. in, you know, what you saw last off season. The vision you saw that helped you come back. In addition to all the other stuff that 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 we've talked about. Did you see a vision? Because I, I know Oregon State had some injuries last year, but did you see mm-hmm. something that said, hey, you know what, we, I, we could make a difference here. I, this, this is where I want to be. Uh, yeah, definitely. I did see a vision. You know, last year, like I said, we've shown spurts, and we have flashes of what we could do. Last year, there was a lot of games that I feel like we had in our hands and that we let drop, which, you know, led to, you know, some, some bad losses, which is why, you know, our, our record was the record it was. But 
you know, I tell a lot of people all the time, last year we, uh, we weren't as good as our record, Sean. We were a lot better. We had a lot of games in our hands against good teams that we had, but we let go. So coming back, I know, you know, if we learn from those things and we all got better as a team, as individuals, then we can really do something special. And I really believe in that. So coming into the summer, I was like, we all stick together and, um, you know, we, we stack days and put the work in. This upcoming year, which is this year, you know, it's, it's, it's wide open. It's not like last year where there was one or two clear-cut, you know, favorites. But this year, anyone could be beat, as it's been proven so far this season. Um, and we all believe in that. It's not even just me. It's not even a confidence thing. It's like it's a fact. But we all, we all feel like we can be at the top of the pack or win the pack and, you know, go really, really far. So we just keep trusting that and um, putting the work in, then, you know, we can live with the results. Jordan Pope, um, you know, I mentioned the landscape of the conference. What do you see when you look at the conference and where you guys fit? Um, I think I think we're one of the best teams in the conference. Um, even though our record doesn't really sh- uh, prove so right now, you know, we started off a little rough. We went through a rough patch and we lost a handful of games. But all those games, aside from the Mountain trip, we were up 12, 13, 14 points against every single team when we held control of the game that we just let them slip. So, you know, if – if we don't let certain things happen, we could be at the top of the Pac-12 right now. But that, like you said, that just goes to show the Pac is wide open. Everyone can win. Anyone could be beaten. And um, yeah, I, I think I think we're one of the best teams in the conference, and we could make a lot of noise going into the um, Pac-12 tournament. Hopefully, a, a deep uh, playoff run. All right, go give them hell this weekend. I appreciate you joining us. That was magical moment. Love watching that. You know, I uh, I think it's been a lot of fun to see you play to this point. Can't wait to see what you do next, Jordan. So thanks for joining us. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. All right. Take care, man. Thank you. Yep, you too. There he goes. Jordan Pope had options in the offseason. Had offers. NIL offers from other places. Um, Did Oregon State know what they had with Jordan Pope? I think it's a fair question. I need to ask Wayne Tingle that the next time. I can look him in the eye. That's one of those moments like Larry David where you got to look him in the eye. You got to see, you know, did you did they even know what they had? He was overlooked, under-recruited, played on a loaded prep team. You know, um if you believe in feel-good stories with all the money involved, this is possibly one of them. He may have just been loyal to the only school that recruited him. And I'm sure he got an NIL bump along the way. But Jordan Pope delivered last night fantastic fashion. I want you to leave it here. Coming up, 4 o'clock, Scott Ruick, Oregon State women's basketball coach, will be with us. But our big splash is next. All that play-by-play and game-winning play-by-play in the early part of the show. Man, got my juices going. Will we get any of that this weekend in the NFL championship games? AFC title game on Sunday. Chiefs at the Ravens. NFC title game on Sunday later. 49ers hosting the Detroit Lions. Which one of those games is more likely to have a game-winning moment at the end? Like the buzzer beaters, like the Lillard shot. Heck, like, uh, like you know, more or less the, the Chiefs game that they won over the Buffalo Bills to advance. Although it wasn't really a game-winner. It was more like a game-misser. Tyler Bass will try a 44-yard field goal to tie. The wind at his back. The snap is good. The ball put down. The kick is up. And no good. Wide right. Wide right. The Bills kicker missed a field goal. Wide right. Jubilation for the Chiefs sideline. 143 to go. Bass missing wide right from 44. It was just a couple of years ago in the divisional round where 
uh, the there were four game winning kicks to win games at the uh, to send teams into the into the championship round of the NFL playoffs. Uh, Stephen, which game more likely to have a game winner in a great call? Like, what are we going to be playing on Monday? Will it be the Ravens Chiefs highlight or the 49ers Lions highlight? Well, actually, here's my thing, John. I don't know what game it's going to be, but I think the more memorable call would have to be a Nance Romo highlight rather than a Burkhart Greg Olson highlight. And I think it's mm. more just because. I I almost think Burkhart and Olsen won't be as emotional about it and go crazy, kind of like Nance did. You heard that call yes. with the Tyler Bass. I think Nance is going to own own a moment like that better than Burkhart and Olsen. So I think it's more likely that it's Nance and Romo no matter what, even what the games turn out to be. I like when a broadcaster loses their mind. I like when they, they show their little bit of excitement and allegiance or you know just excitement for the moment. Dave Niehaus, uh, Seattle Mariners, Edgar Martinez. Yankees, Mariners. They would love a base hit into the gap, and they could win it with junior speed, the stretch. And the 0-1 pitch on the way to Edgar Martinez. Swung on the line, down the left field line for a base hit. Here comes Joy. Here is Junior to third base. They're going to wave him in. The throw to the plate will be late. The Mariners are going to play for the American League Championship. I don't believe it. It just continues. My Edgar Martinez with a double ripped down the left field line and they are going crazy at the kingdom. Look, I'm not a Mariners fan. Every time I play that call, the hair on my arm stands on end. It's it's just because it's a great sports moment and I'm a sports person and I love moments like that. Uh, let's go back to uh, Kirk Gibson. World Series 1988. You've all heard the Vin Scully call, but how about the TV call with Jack Buck on it? We have a big 3-2 pitch coming here from Eckersley. Gibson swings and a fly ball to deep right field. This is going to be a home run. Unbelievable. A home run for Gibson. And the Dodgers have won the game 5-4. I don't believe what I just saw. I don't believe what I just saw. Is this really happening, Bill? It is happening, and they've got to help him home. The third-base coach, uh, Joe Amalfitano, had to give him a little push, and all the Dodgers are around home play. I don't believe what I just saw. One of the most remarkable finishes to any World Series game. A one-handed home run by Kirk Gibson, and the Dodgers have won it 5-4. to four. I am stunned, Bill. I have seen a lot of dramatic finishes in a lot of sports, but this one might top almost every other one. I, I think the beauty of that is not just Kirk Gibson, you know, the theater of Gibson limping to the plate, coming in as a pinch hitter. And, you know, the broadcasters prior to the call, even Jack Buck's talking with his sidekick, and he's saying, look, if Gibson gets a base hit here, the Dodgers are going to have to pinch run for him. The guy couldn't run. Like, if he hit a dribbler and he was going to have to leg it out, it wasn't happening. He wasn't getting to first base. Gibson was in there to, to you know, hit a ball off the fence or hit a ball over the fence and and try to tie the game or win the game. And he came up big. And, and for the fact that Eckersley coming in had something like 47 saves adds to it as well. But you have Jack Buck, who literally has seen it all in, as a broadcaster, saying repeatedly, 
I've never seen anything like this. And I think that's what makes a call like that particularly great. And uh, speaking of Jack Buck, Judah put this one out here. It was the Joe Buck call for the World Series in 2011. David Freeze hitting the home run, how he uh, paid the homage to his dad. Freeze hits it in the air to center. We will see you tomorrow night. Simple, simple sort of the point there. We will see you tomorrow night. <laughs> I love that. Uh, look, I, I've had the fortune of getting to see a lot of big moments and and be there for a lot of big moments. But one thing that I wasn't around for was Bill Shonley in 1977. And I think I would be remiss if I didn't play the Bill Shonley cut first from Game 2. Because I think the beauty of this cut in Game 2, and it might be my favorite play-by-play call that has an attachment to the state of Oregon, it's it's not that it's a championship moment. But it's a pivotal moment in the series. Blazers had been pushed around a little bit, and there was this kind of "Are you gonna? Are you here to play big boy basketball or not?" moment. And Maurice Lucas squares off with Daryl Dawkins, and Bill Shonley breaks into boxing play-by-play like he is Howard Cosell on ABC's Wide World of Sports, and and he's seamless in doing it. In the Gilliam, put it up, doesn't drop. Dawkins the rebound. go all started uh, daryl dawkins and maurice lucas squaring off ultimately and bill shonley with a fantastic call of it steven do you have a, a call that you like yeah there's another one i thought of just talking about this um the larry bird steal eastern conference finals and steal by okay. bird underneath the dj lays it in i mean that's just this is a great call that i've always uh always enjoyed that even though not a celtics fan or anything but just a basketball guy this is a great call You gonna play it? I'm no, I'm not. Oh, like, I thought I, you were gonna play it. I, I was, I, I was I on the edge of my seat. I, <laughs> I, I, I'm actually looking for it right now. There's all right, you find that music what? under all of them that I'm finding. So that's the oh problem. yeah, we can't have that. You especially not for you. Not for me. Yeah. <laughs> especially not for you. I grew up a, a Giants fan, and I've done this before. I've I've literally uh, pointed out like Hank Greenwald and Ron Fairley were uh, were my guys, and you, people may remember Bobby Thompson. And, uh, you know, Bobby Thompson, the, you know, the Giants win the pennant, that call. Um, but when the Giants ended up winning the World's or winning the National League in, in the 80s and going to the World Series, Ron Fairley and Hank Greenwald used Giants win the pennant. Giants win the pennant again. And, and so I do think you can recycle things on the Jack Buck, um, Joe Buck front, you know, and, Certainly wide right, used by everybody last week in the uh, divisional round of the AC- AFC playoffs. But I just think great play-by-play in any language works. Here's Graham Gano 
kicking a 63-yard field goal to win a game for the Carolina Panthers, okay? You have no connection, likely, with the Carolina Panthers. You are not likely a, a native Spanish speaker. But I challenge you to listen to this clip and not get chills from it. Le ha sobrado distancia, le van a servir. Tiene altura, tiene profundidad, va a llegar, va a llegar. ¡Ganó, lo ganó! 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 ¡Señor, ganó, lo ganó! ¡Ganó, lo ganó! ¡Ya se le va, le voy a los bates! ¡Taca, taca, 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 taca! ¡Ya se le va, le voy a los bates! ¡Taca, taca, taca! I just love the joy of that. I love the joy in the call. Oh, so good. Steven, you got your Larry Bird call yet? Yes, I do. Just one second here. All right. (laughs) I had it. Okay. The volume turned down. All that for nothing. That's okay. That's all right. It's still good play-by-play is good play-by-play. And speaking of which... Uh, in the Chiefs Bills game, uh, in the divisional round, the you know we've played the Fox call, we've played the Restwood One radio call. What we haven't played is the call from Korea that came uh, of the same uh, Tyler Bass missed field goal. You got to channel that kind of reaction in your living room when you're watching the games on Sunday. It brings us, of course, to our big splash. It's the one thing you need to know today. This is the one thing you absolutely need to know today. Look, look, look at it. Where? Down there. The big splash. Brought to you by Killer Burger, home of the peanut butter pickle bacon burger, and voted best burger five years in a row. Killer Burger, the burgers your mama warned you about. A transaction in the NFL, unusual heading into the championship weekend, but the Ravens have activated Pro Bowl tight end Mark Andrews. They activated him off injured reserve, trying to give Lamar Jackson another target. Guy said, quote, I love to play football. I love the Ravens. I love the city. I'm going to give them everything I got, end quote. Remember, he injured his left ankle on November 16th. Uh, the, the thought at the time was that he was going to miss the rest of the season, but uh, he apparently has spent six hours a day rehabbing his cracked fibula and ligament damage. He has spent nights in a hyperbaric oxygen chamber to speed up his recovery. We all need one of those. And Jim Harbaugh, John Harbaugh, the Ravens coach said it took an amazing amount of toughness for him to uh, get himself in position to play just 73 days after a significant injury. How much does he have? Will he be able to fill anything on his body? I don't know if they're shooting him up and what they're shooting him with, but the uh, three-time Pro Bowl player uh, will be active for the AFC title game against the Kansas City Chiefs. It is an interesting, if not remarkable, story, and it's our big splash. Coming up, Scott Ruick, Oregon State women's basketball coach. They're ranked in the top 25. Can they capture a Jordan Pope moment? They've got a game tonight against number 3 Colorado. They will play number 16 Utah on Sunday. Big weekend at Gil Coliseum 
for Oregon State women's basketball. We'll talk NFL playoffs in hour two as well. Will there be a highlight game-winning moment in the Niners game or the Lions game? Should I call it the Lions game or the Niners game? Or in the AFC title game as well? Uh, Plus, who do we like? Stephen and I will lock in our picks for the weekend. Final answers only coming up in hour two. And Anna will be along for We interrupt this broadcast with a special announcement from the Bald Face hey, Truth. Sorry to interrupt the podcast, but if you want to listen to more of the Bald Face Truth Radio Show, including more of this segment that you're listening to, make sure you subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes to the Bald Face Truth Radio Show. Thanks for listening.